0: I pray today that as the Lord allows me to share these words with you, uh, that you'll be encouraged. I'm going to tell you right up front, this message is going to be uncomfortable. Uh, I'm going to push you a little bit. I'm going to make you think about some portions of God's Word that maybe you viewed one way, and I'm going to make you think about it another way. And the reason for that is because I think it's so important that we understand the true meaning of what Scripture says. Uh, Today, as I come, I'm going to present to you God's Word. What a joy for me to do that. Coming into this week of Thanksgiving, a time where families come home, families spend time together. But I can tell you at our office this week, the phones are ringing off the hook because anxiety comes when sometimes family comes home. Uh, Many of us are looking forward to the day, but there's a couple of people coming that are a part of that day that kind of raise the anxiety inside us. I get that. I grew up in a home where there was a lot of anxiety, and even as I would gather to be with my mom and dad, I would have these these feelings inside me that kind of come up. And for many of us, I think we've lived our whole life thinking that a perfect life would be that we would all gather on a day like Thanksgiving, everybody would just absolutely have everything in order, and everything would be succinct, and that's just not reality. I stand here today with a family that has some brokenness in it. I stand here today as a man who will be gathering my family together at our house for Thanksgiving, and things won't be perfect. Uh, Kids that we dedicated and baptized in their infancy uh, haven't always walked closely with the Lord. And neither has their dad. And I come here today telling you that As I walked in here and I saw the theme on the screen that says Fairhaven is a place that calls you back to a relationship with God. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what we all need. There's not a person in here today that's got life figured out. There's not a person in here today that says, man, I I finally made it and everything in my life is. Well, if you are here, I would invite you to come up and finish the sermon. Because I'm not that man. But I've grown in the Lord. And today I'm going to tell you about the hope for your life. And it's Jesus and God Almighty. It's not me. It's not my speaking. It's not Pastor Greg. It's not Pastor Lori. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. And today I'm going to push you closer to your relationship with him. Teens in here today, I'm going to push you closer to considering maybe I need to spend more time. Seeing what God's word really says. I'm going to take a passage of scripture. I know you've been studying the book of Matthew. I talked to Pastor Greg. We, we have good conversations. He's actually popped by my office as well. And as I contemplated what I want to share today, especially coming into this week of Thanksgiving, I want to talk to you about what prosperity and prospering really is. So many of us, there's a verse that we sometimes use even at baby dedication or even adult baptism and those sort of things and dedications that we do. We use a passage of scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. As soon as I say it, some of you go, oh, yeah, I crocheted that last week. I mean, it's just a verse we know. It's a verse we know. But I'm going to tell you what the verse really means, because some of you this week might have an opportunity ...to really experience what Jeremiah 29, 11 stands for. And the way I'm going to do that is today the scripture is going to come up on the screen. I'm going to let God's word speak for itself. Lately when I've been preaching, I've just said, would you guys just leave the passage up there? Because what you're seeing on the screen is far more important than anything I could say. Because this is God's word and God's word speaks for itself. And today I want you to be able to see that. And I want you to leave saying to yourself... Wow, I could do this at home. Right. You can do exactly what I'm about to share with you. You can do it at home and understand more what God's word means. So I'm going to read these verses from Jeremiah 29. We're going to go to verse 10 through verse 14. And I'm going to let you see what God's word said. Now, I will explain it so it makes sense to you. But I want you to see these words and what they mean For your life. Jeremiah 29, we start with verse 10. This is what God's word says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. In other words, back to Jerusalem, back home. Now, as you look up there, you go, oh, that's just a verse of scripture. Let me explain it. There were two prophets, two preachers, if you will. One of them's name was Hananiah, and the other's name was Jeremiah, the gentleman we are reading about today. These two prophets, these two preachers, came to the Israelites. The Israelites had been taken and basically had become slaves to the Babylonians. The Babylonians just used them for anything they wanted. So they were in captivity. The Jerusalem, the people from there, the Israelites, they had been taken by the Babylonians. They were captured, pulled there, and serving as slaves. And these two prophets came to the Israelites, the people who were slaves. And one of them said, hey, your slavery, your work for Babylon, it's not going to last very long. You're going to be free really soon. The other preacher, Jeremiah, said to the Israelites, that preacher's lying to you. That preacher is not telling you truth. You're going to be slaves in Babylon for 70 years. Now, let me just ask you a question. If you had to pick between listening to a preacher who says your, your days and your times, it, the hard days, they're about over. You, you're going to come into some great uh, times of prosperity and everything's going to be sweet for you. If you've had a pastor who said that to you and it's going to be like next week. You'll be done with all your bad stuff. Your family won't have any more chaos. And come Thanksgiving, you're all set. If you had to listen to that preacher, or a preacher who said to you, I want to tell you something about your family. You're going to have 70 more hard Thanksgivings. Uh, Your family's going to go through some real trials. You need to just plan on it. Which of these two preachers would you want to listen to? We want to be released from any of our strains and our stresses. I don't want to live 70 more years having to figure out what God's trying to teach me. In Jerusalem, these Israelites were being told, you're not coming back. You're going to be staying in Babylon. And I look at this in our day and I go, we don't even understand the 70-year concept because we are living in the days of Amazon Prime. I can order something on my phone probably while I'm preaching and got a shot at it being in my house when I get home. That's a good Christmas feeling. The thought that I might have to wait and actually drive to Target like I used to. And then find out it's going to be another week before it arrives. Sounds terrible. So for us, when we face trials, to be told, this trial is actually good for you. Today, there's a family in here. You're dealing with a lot of tough stuff. I'm going to propose to you today. God might be doing something really beautiful in your home. You just can't see it yet. And Jeremiah said to these Israelites, build your houses in Babylon. Baptize your children in Babylon. Hang your clotheslines in Babylon because you're not going home for another 70 years. Pretty much our lifespan. We don't like that. It doesn't sound inviting. And then God throws the verse that so many of us have memorized following that 70 years of waiting. Watch this. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Oh, we hear that and it sounds so good. But the problem is, see that word right there, prosper? We define that in our culture. Prosperity to us is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be loaded. My company's gonna make so much stinking money this year, it's gonna be unreal. Phone calls that come to my phone, they're all gonna be in my favor. I have to tell you, and this is risky, But sometimes I turn on my TV and I see a televangelist talking about just all this prosperity. and Everything's going to go your way, everything else. And I go, I just don't see that in God's word. Because it's not about me. This life is not about me getting what I want and getting loaded. That's not what it's about. And we find ourselves... And Thanksgiving's my favorite day of the year because it's a day I pause and give thanks to God for all he's done even through the trials. But so many of us have seen it as man, if if I could just if I could just get to this place where Everything's good and my kids, I got, I got bumper stickers all over my car representing the school they go to and I, I never get the call from the principal's office and, and I don't have any issues with my spouse and my kids are doing great and, and even everybody coming over, everybody's getting along and we, we, we go, I, that's what I want. And Let me tell you what it's called. You ready? I'm going to name it something. We call it Easy Street. I just want Easy Street. And I'm going to tell you, my Savior, Jesus, he lived about as far from what we call Easy Street as is possible. Didn't never have a house. Never had money in the bank. The food that he did eat was usually prepared by some friends. He literally lived day to day. <laughs> let, let me just ask you a question. If you met somebody right here in this, this area, Granville area, and, and you went up to him and said, Hey, what do you do? Well, I, I kind of live day to day. You walk away from that person going, well, that's a weirdo. No, no, no. We, it, we look at our Savior Jesus, I think there's a reason he taught us to pray. You remember that Lord's Prayer thing we know and it and get in there and one of the part of the verses says, Give me this day my daily bread. I gotta just confess, I don't I pray that prayer, but I'm not sure I understand it. Uh, my prayer sounds a lot more like this. Give me this day my daily bread. Plus a little surplus if you don't mind. Cause surplus gives me security, God. And I, you know, if I could get one more zero on the bank account, then easy street. And let me just tell you something about easy street. Easy street leads to complacency. Complacency leads to distancing from my need for God. I don't need God. I'm good. I remember a few years back, I was invited a buddy of mine. He, he met me at an event I did somewhere across the country, and he said, "Hey Dan, would you fly to? Would you fly to a place?" Um, If I, if a private plane fly you, would, would you fly and speak to all my buddies? I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, well, I, I got just tons of friends. They're all millionaires. They don't need anything. They can buy whatever they want. We all get together at this golf course. We golf every year. Would you come and would you speak? And I said, sure. It wasn't comfortable for me. I'm not a wealthy man. I arrived at this place. Jane went with me. We showed up at this golf course where we were going to speak. And, and she's like, what do I wear? I said, I have no idea. But I said, what we're going to do is we're going to buy you one of them big old brimmed hats like they wear at the Kentucky Derby. You're going to walk in with that because that'll look like you fit. So we showed up at this richie place. Everybody's Millionaires. I'm just a broke preacher. But they don't know that. And I got up and I spoke to them. I spoke to people who could buy anything they want. People who fly their own planes. People who have made it. Where the world says, if you sit here and you get to easy street, Thanksgiving Day is so nice. And I spoke. And they sat really still. And I said hard stuff. And I asked hard questions. And we got done, and you could have heard a pin drop. Nobody wanted to speak to me right afterwards. But what was interesting was they begin to one by one say to me, hey, hey, can you come over here a second? And they would take me somewhere back, like, hey, I need to ask you something. We would go back, like, way back in there where nobody could see they were talking to me. Sorry for those of you are online, good morning, I went in the dark, sorry. And they would say things to me like, I've got... My family's broken. You might, you might notice I'm I'm 93. My wife over there, she's 20. You probably could tell. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you know, that yeah, it was back when I walked in. I thought, oh, you brought your daughter. That's nice. <laughs> yes, I see that, sir. I'm not fulfilled. Can you help me? Yeah, because Easy Street just brings complacency. And so many, you'll see it all week on TV. If you just have this and this and this, then you made it. And I want to propose to you today that prosperity in the context of the verse that you love has nothing to do with being loaded. And it has everything to do with being drawn to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, with God Almighty. That's prosperity. Anything in your life today that is making you need Him and want Him and desire Him more, that's prosperity. Because in the long run, what matters is your relationship with God Almighty. When you finish this world, you've never seen a person take their private jet with them, anything with them. And you say, Dan, why are you bagging on rich people? I'm not. I'm saying that in our Western culture, it's what we chase, and in the end it leads to emptiness. Because prosperity, true prosperity, is growing closer to God. If that's not true, if I'm wrong, tell me why in the world, in the very end of this verse, never really saw it till I began to study for this. Why at the end of this verse does it say I'll give you plans to have hope and a future when you're loaded and you're on easy street? You don't need hope. I'm good. You ain't worried about your future. I got that covered. I'm secure. Wait a second then. What? Why in the world would we use the word prosper saying I need hope and security? Because prosperity is the thing in life that makes you say, I need God. For me, and y'all remember, I preached about it. It was when I reached the place in my life, and I was pretty good. I, I was a youth pastor. Things were rocking and rolling with my kids. Things were going Well. I didn't have a lot of obstacles. I, Thanksgiving was kind of a piece of cake. And then my family gets shattered. And I'm going through the doldrums. And I need counseling. And I forgot about all that place of complacency and I began to run toward, run toward Jesus saying, um, Jesus, will you, will you give me today my daily bread? Cause otherwise, I'm not going to make it. I I don't I don't really want a future right now because my life's in such shambles. Jesus, you better help me get to the end of this day. Forget about tomorrow. Can you help me this day? And some of you are there right now. I remember the last time I preached here. It just comes to my mind a gentleman coming up coming up to me in the parking lot. Your life was absolutely broken. I haven't seen you since then. That's been, what, almost a year. I pray you have run to this seat if you're here this morning. I push my children. I don't push my children there. I don't push my children toward Easy Street. I push them. I say to them, go to Jesus. Find your peace in him today. I say to all of you sitting in here today, spend more time asking Jesus for your daily bread, not a surplus for the future. That's Thanksgiving. I have a little yellow Jeep. That yellow Jeep brings me so much comfort. I know it sounds silly to you, but I get in that Jeep. I just feel like the cares of the world go away. I crank up my music. I'm a thumper. If if I pull up to you at a red light, and you go, Why are those people listening to that thumping music? That's me. I enjoy myself. I enjoy my little Jeep. And I tell you, I have to go, Okay, wait a second, though. Wait a second. Don't let your little yellow Jeep become your God. Don't let your little yellow Jeep become too important. Rely On the prosperity of knowing that I have a Savior who endured a really tough life. And today, he sits at the right hand of the Father preparing a place for me. That's my comfort. What's the next verse? (laughs) Then, (laughs) y'all know why then is there? Because... Of what just happened? You're going to go through 70 years of waiting for me and needing me and wanting to come home and needing God Almighty. After 70 years, just today, multiply out the thing you're dealing with. If you had to deal with that for 70 years, wouldn't you want to go then? Then you will call on me. Look at these action words. Call on me. Come. Pray to me. You see what happens? For some of us this week, let, let me illustrate this verse and make it come to life. Lord, this week uh, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to pray to you. God, I got some stuff in my family. God, I don't know how to deal with. And Lord, Lord, I I don't want it to blow up. I don't want this thing to get worse. I I want you to heal some things in my home. So I I come to you today and I pray to you, and I'm asking you to give us. A peaceful Thanksgiving. I'm asking you to mend some brokenness in my marriage, Lord. I've I've got a kid that won't even come to the house this year, Lord. I'm coming to you. I need your help. Maybe some of that responsibility is on me, Lord. Help me today. It's so interesting to me. It's interesting to me that the Lord is bringing to my mind people I met after service last year another one comes to my mind right now that i met right out there i hope this year has been a year of you seeking jesus because i want you to look what god says in his word i will listen to you that's really big you ever just wish somebody would listen Some of you here today who are single individuals, you long to just have somebody listen to you. I promise you, God Almighty says in his word, I listen. God doesn't lie. He's not a deceiver. And today he listens to you. A teen in here who grew up in the house I grew up in where there was a lot of abuse or maybe you have a lot of anxiety. Talk to him. I'm sitting here. I'm 62 now. It took me a long time to heal from those days. But I'm good. I discovered I'm God's kid. I didn't discover I was his kid till I was really old. But he's got you this morning. Come to him. Seek him. Talk to him. That This is not my idea. I'm reading it to you from a verse of scripture in the book he gave us. And then look at the next verse. Verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with this. It doesn't say quarter heart. It doesn't say a portion of your heart. It says all your heart. <laughs> and I wrote this. I wrote this down. I want you, I want you to Listen. I wrote it about me. You guys just happened to be getting in on the sermon that I wrote for myself. Life offers daily opportunities to access my frailty so I can discover more of God's strength. I'm frail. I'm broken. My heart sometimes is half given to him. Sometimes my heart's a lot about me. And we live in a world that says, me, 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 me. And Jesus came and said, no. No, it's not even about me. It's about what the Father sent me to do. If it was about me, (laughs) this would look a lot different. But I came for you. It's the reason we have built places like this to come and sing, Hallelujah, because we believe in a man named Jesus. Why do we believe in him? Because he broke all the norms and lived a life that had no self in it. And we're selfish. Lori said it when, when she was baptizing these children. They are born thinking of themselves. And we're adults who do the same thing and we need to come clean before the Lord. And then... The last verse, it's a little long, but watch this. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I thought that was really interesting. Why didn't didn't he just say, you will find me? You know, that's how we normally would say that. Well, you'll find me. No, it says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You know what that means? He's been there all along. He's been there all along. we got to find him. He's not in heaven going, hey, I'm finally here. No, I've been here. Where y'all been? Seventy years. I will gather you from all the nations after 70 years in places where I banish you after 70 years. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. When I read this verse, I actually was away about a month ago. Um, I was working on this message in my heart and I was walking on the beach in Florida, an area that had not been ravaged. I just have my phone with me and I'm looking at this verse because I love to work on messages when I'm doing that and I'm walking the beach and I keep reading this verse over and over and going, what's this verse? What's this verse saying? And this is what just came to my mind. It's, it's God saying to his people, come home. In <laughs> this morning, somebody's sitting in here. God is saying to you, come home. Come to me. You've been fighting like crazy, figuring it out on your own. No, no, God, I I'm good. I'm gonna figure this out because I'm gonna get the easy street on my own. And the crazy part is you get the easy street and it's not all that easy. It's not all that. I, I just was with people who could buy anything they want. Why, why are they not happy? Because it's not about that. It's about Surrender. True thanksgiving is when you sit and you go, God, I need you. My mom growing up, um, I was walking the beach. And I have tons of songs on my playlist. My kids laugh when they look at my playlist because it goes from rap to opera to country. I mean, it's just bizarre. And I was walking the beach listening to my playlist. And that old great writer of Hymns of Faith, Randy Travis, came on. And the song was uh, a song that my mom, I literally, I'm singing it on the beach. I'm walking by people, you know, I got these headphones on. People are looking at me like, well, that guy's crazy. But I started crying because I remember my mom standing in the kitchen singing this song. Softly and tenderly, Jesus... Calling and, and the and the verse finishes with little choruses come home come home
1: You who
0: are weary come home Hmm My mom had a hard life What she was saying was I need you Jesus give me this day my daily bread Rebecca is softly playing in the background. That's a lot better than my singing, trust me. But as she softly plays, I want to ask you a question. Teenager, I want to ask you a question. Grandpa, I want to ask you a question. Ten-year-old, I want to ask you a question. Where in your life do you need to come sit here and come home and say, Jesus, I need you right there. Be waiting, tenderly. We're going to pause a moment. It's going to be quiet a moment. We don't like quiet. We prefer sound. But I'm going to give you a quiet moment. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads. Those of you online, I'm going to invite you to take a moment. Where do you need to come home today? Just confess in your spirit that you need Jesus. I say his name very clear. Jesus is your hope. Bow your heads for just a moment. Talk to him about a place in your life where you need him and his daily bread. Spend a moment with Jesus as we quietly reflect. Thank you, Lord, for being our God. We pause this moment to say, help us with some of the areas where you might be prospering us that feels pretty painful. Heal homes. Heal marriages. Heal hearts. Be with those today who are single individuals who are looking at Thanksgiving or Christmas maybe in a a way that brings a burden or heaviness to them, lift their spirit this morning by helping them prosper in that very spot because you are with them. And today, take us, mold us, help us to become more like you. I close this message with the phrase that I saw on the screen when I walked into this place. Let Fairhaven be a place where we're healed because we're drawn closer to our relationship with you. We love you today, and we give you this time.